SED. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm-hmm. Episode 10, believe it or not. Episode 10, we made it to a double-digit podcast. I did not even think I would get past, uh, honestly, podcast number two. Uh, but I'm here to tell the story, and I'm here as Missy D 3.0. <laughs> Can you believe that? Welcome to another podcast. Uh, the podcast that is called The Journal of Missy D, which is the podcast about me and my random thoughts and my random life, my healing journey and the journey that surrounds the healing journey and uh, my uh, ramblings and rants about this, that and the other. And I hope you're well. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the last podcast today. Do you know what I've been as the week's been going along? I've been making loads of notes and that's what I used to do, actually, uh, when I used to be on the radio. <laughs> People used to be scared of speaking to me in those days uh, because there was like, be careful of Missy. Anything that you say to Miss Missy, she's like a sponge. She'll just take it. She'll make notes about it and then she'll use it on her radio show. Um, and that's pretty much what I've been doing uh, this week, just picking up bits and bits of information and thinking, oh, I could I could talk about that on the podcast and I could talk about that on the podcast. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do today. For example, babes. Oh my God. Recently, right, I've been calling everyone babes and they think that I'm calling them babes out of like the babes, um, the babes train of thought. I don't know how to say it to you. I can't stand the terminology babes or hun, hun and babes. Now, many years ago, my sister got married. I think it's like an 11th or 12th year of marriage. And it became very apparent that both her and her husband loved calling each other hun, hun, is it hun? And then my other sister loves to use the terminology babes. And they're the two kind of terminologies and sweets. <laughs> when someone calls you, all right, sweetie, <laughs> don't call me sweetie. <laughs> for many many years i'm like don't you dare call me babes especially babes hun hun isn't so bad babes is so fake in it in it in it though <laughs> so recently as my nephew has become much more mature in his thoughts and his words since he's turned four i think since he's turned three actually the last year or so he's become much more articulate and his language bank has grown like he'll say stuff and uh, you just look at him going, where, how, what, how did you even learn that sentence? How did you even know those words existed? For example, when I went away, went away on that weekend with him once, uh, about a month ago or so ago to Birch, remember? And we were both sitting there in the sun on a bench and it was a beautiful uh, scenery in front of us. Beautiful sun. And he just looked at me and he goes, Mimi, it's a beautiful day today, isn't it? And I was like, oh my God. He's doing full sentences and just said it so thoughtfully. And it was just like a real human being. 
so yeah, since he's kind of decided to be a little man and speak sentences, I now call him babes. I used to call him banju. So just to take the piss, I'll be like, babes, babes. <laughs> I'll even call my mum babes now. <laughs> just to take the piss and now what I've noticed is because I started taking the piss and started calling him babes I've now started calling everyone babes and and the worst thing is I can't stand the terminology babes sweets hun I used to use sweetness a lot when I was uh in those uh the height of my radio fame and radio career I'd, I'd, I'd if someone said oh missy I love you I think you're amazing I'll be like oh thanks sweetness and I thought that was quite cute then but uh I think I don't know I just terminologies like that I just can't get with but now every time I call someone babes it slips out of my mouth and I'm like oh my god it's like nowadays uh I, I talk to random strangers remember I told you last week you know we got the DPD driver hugging him at my door having random conversations with him having ra- random conversations with a bloke at the Stardust on Ball Hill with with blokes I've got a bad habit of calling a mate all right mate yeah, yeah, mate. All right. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> and with the women, it's like, babes. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you use? I'd love to know what you use, uh, what you hate, what you use, uh, what the ter- what terminology like makes you vomit. I do like when it comes to like Indian ones. I do like love it when an auntie calls you putta. Putta is like, um, what is it? What is it? Putta is like, um, like. It's a beautiful way of calling someone uh, your like son or daughter. So, you know, auntie, would you like a cup of tea? Hanji uh, I'll have some tea. So pot is a really sweet way of calling you yes, son. Like my pops uh, likes to say son to uh, to Shayan, which is my nephew. But I find it really amazing when he calls him son. So yeah, pot is a way of calling, uh, in, in Punjabi at least anyway, is like son or daughter. And then I, I was making lots of observations on my mum's bart. So, oh my God. So a bart is a religious ceremony um, where my mum invited about 25, 30 women last weekend to do a prayer ceremony for my nephew because it was his fourth birthday in April. Uh, she did the bart in May. That's because my sister was just too busy for her. And it was her son's birthday. And also she did it for uh, my um, my tandrusti. Tandrusti means uh, for my good health, for my well-being. So we had all the aunties going, Oh, Ritu, you're <laughs> Basically means, Ritu, are you okay? And they were just like looking at me like I was on my deathbed. I was like, it's okay, auntie, I've got oxygen on. And she goes, yes, but seeing you like this, I can't see you like this. Meaning get wet, get better quickly. I have to say, though, <laughs> normally on these functions that my mum does, whether I've been ill or not, and I've been very, very ill in the past sort of like eight years, I've always pushed my way through it and always helped my mum as much as I could with like the shopping of the food, making the food, because obviously you had to make longer, um, chopping and cooking, cleaning, preparing, serving, all that kind of business. And for the first time in my life, actually, people, uh, it felt really, really, really wrong to do. I did break up one point because I thought, you know what, I, I can't just not do it. So I did on one day 
did help her. But over my mum, over five, six days, hardcore, did loads of work with Spark. She did the cooking. She went and shopped in two or three different places. She cooked and she chopped and she made chutneys. And she got aunties in to help her to do some other subjis and some dals. And then she cleaned and then she prepared. Then obviously on the day, there was lots of serving to do. Normally, poor old Missy, that's me, is in the kitchen with my oxygen tank uh, trying to do everything. And by the end of the day, I'm dead. Like, I'm deadbeat, mate. And this time I actually didn't get up because number one, there was 25, 30 people in the house. And I thought if I go too near any of these aunties, who knows who's got what? Some infection, some COVID, who knew? Um, so I firmly sat in the garden thinking I'm going to stay out here and I'm not going to do much. On Friday, I did. And... That was because my mum just wouldn't stop. Ritu, auntie, auntie, ni jaabana. Ritu, onu gande dekha. Ritu, auntie, no das freezer kithe ya. Ritu, and I think it's just habit. I think with our Asian parents, it's just habit. Sometimes I get really angry with her, but sometimes I'm like, it's not your fault, mate. It's not your fault. It's just who you are. And that's how you lot have been brought up um, to think that your child is your ultimate servant. So I did a bit on Friday. It got quite frustrating. And then I had some I had some intervention and then I ended up in the garden. And then Saturday came and I didn't do anything. Like normally I'd be running around like a, a dog from 9 a.m. to 3, 4 p.m., my sister and my bestie, they did all the uh, work in the kitchen. And my babiji, TJ, who I love to bit, she lives in Derby. And she's my cousin brother's wife, right? Uh, so she made the rotiya. My sister and my bestie managed to burn the sabji. <laughs> just, about, just about saved the dal. Uh, uh, the dal ran out, so they had to heat more dal. Uh, meanwhile the kitchen looked like a bomb hit it it just didn't have the missy d stamp it didn't but they muddled through it and they got it done it wasn't as perfect as missy would have done it but it it, it got done and the, the 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 message i got from that is that see missy if you don't do it then they're going to do it anyway and it's still going to happen but what i learned from that is that i actually came away from that day not feeling like I was going to die, not feeling like I can't walk for a whole week because it really normally takes it out of me. And for the first time in 53 years, I said, no, no, I can't do it. I'm afraid you're going to have to do it. And I felt so, so guilty. Even talking about it now, I still feel guilty. Like, why didn't you help them? You could have helped them. I mean, you could have just pressed your body. You know, you, it's fine. You had the oxygen and stuff like that, but I really couldn't. But then ultimately, even if I can't, I still do. And then I I take myself back like 10 steps. But this time it was like a firm no. And oh my God. And then once it all finished, I got dressed into my dress. <laughs> and I went <laughs> to my sister's house in Leamington to watch Coventry play Luton and lose to them. But they did play good. Play, they played well, man. They first half was shit. Got to say, Coventry played really badly in the first half. Even even the commentators were saying how bad they were. They picked up on the second half. Then those penalty shootouts. I really think penalty shootouts, right? They need to be abolished. What they should do is just give them extra time to keep playing until the next goal is scored. And I know sometimes that might not happen. There's got to be a different way, right? Because I just think it's really unfair. But you're playing a game to see who's the stronger team and the job is to score the goal, right? 
when it comes to penalty shootouts and just because he missed the goal and then automatically that the other team win to me it makes no sense it really doesn't i don't know maybe they should try and do i don't i don't know i don't know i'm not a massive football person i'm not but i do watch it when the world cup is on uh, when there's like the euros are on when there's big matches i'm ultimately a liverpool fan because my brother-in-law is a Liverpool fan and all of his family are Liverpool fans. Obviously, now my nephew is a Liverpool fan. He's got all the Coventry kit and all the Liverpool kit. And uh, so if I was to support someone, I would support my my brother-in-law and uh, Liverpool, obviously. My sister in London, actually, when, uh, where did you live? Windsor. Uh, she is a Manu fan and she's always been a, a Manu fan. So I at one point I used to have a friend. She was a Manu fan. And because she supported Manu, I decided to be a sheep and support Manu. But I'm no longer a sheep. That was then and this is now. That was my past. This is my present. And I'm I'm loving living in the present. So, yeah. Uh, and I do like a bit of football. And I did feel like I had to watch uh, the Coventry City match uh, just because it's a, a, a city where I was born and bred. So I had to support the people in blue. And you know what? Out of all of those, what, the 36 times 70 something thousand fans in that arena and watching the telly, all of a sudden, John Cowling, who is a friend of mine on Facebook, who I met through just um, on Facebook, right? No, 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 it wasn't sleazy at all. It honestly wasn't. It was just like a really nice guy that we we chatted uh, and we still chat till now, till today. I've not really met him in the flesh, but we chat a lot on, on Facebook and stuff like that. All of a sudden he pops up on the screen and I'm like, oh my God, all the people, John and his son, and I took a picture of him and put it on my Facebook. I mean, how that's crazy. That's like bloody winning the lottery or something. Can you imagine? So yeah, so uh, basically that's what happened. So I just wanted to express to you that sometimes it is really difficult to say the word no and to take your power and to have taken my power that day and to have said no. Honestly, it broke my heart because with internally within me, I was like, what the hell are you doing, Missy? This is so unfair. Your mum is relying on you. Like they're all eyes on you. Even the aunties were looking at me going, like, well, she's not doing anything. Because uh, uh, it's the given that I always do it. I am the servant. I do everything and I do it to perfection. But to have said no and not really got a bad reaction. I did get a bit of a, mm, a wobbly reaction from my mum a few times. But I, I nipped that in the bud. I blessed her with loving kindness and just moved on. But it was very, very empowering. And I'm now able uh, to say no more and more. And I can also forgive more and more. And I can also let go more and more. So I just wanted to say to you, if you sometimes feel like you can't say no, trust me, trust me, I did it after 53 years. I'm doing a lot of things after 52, 53 years. Like I told you last year, 52. At 52, last summer, we had that beautiful mental summer. Everyone was moaning. It was so hot, so hot. It was hot, but I loved it. It was in the 30s, remember? And last year, for the very first time, I wore a bikini, not a swimming costume, a bikini. I'm no skinny woman. I am curvy. I'm obese and I couldn't care less. I was at Sandbanks and it was scorching hot. And I had taken my bikini to take the piss with my sister. And I was like, I'm going to take my bikini with me and I'm going to wear it. And she was like, wear it. Uh, so I did. And uh, it was, uh, that was empowering too, because do you know what? No one really gives a shit. I was on that uh, beach with my polka dot bikini on and even went into the ocean to swim. 
And yeah, I mean, OK, fine. I didn't have a little skimpy kachi on, like a skimpy, you know, what do you call it in Ingridji? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know English words, you know. Bikini bottoms. Like, you know, the, the knickers bit. Obviously, skinny. They will wear the little ones. I had a big rushid, rooted, rooted, like a, a grandma kind of kachi. So it covered my belly a little bit. Not entirely though. It was just a bigger version of the kachi, right? And then the bikini top was very low. It covered the right bits, but it was very empowering. I was like, what? No one's looking at me. No one's calling me a fat whale. No one's laughing at me. No one's even batting an eyelid. I was actually wanted people to look at me going, right, what are you doing in that bikini? But no one gave a shit. No one gives a shit. For example, I've told you this before. I think I told you last week. When it comes to non-Asian people, they really are not that judgmental. Okay, you got racists and that's different. That's a whole different ballgame and a, a different conversation. But I would say that the Western world, the white people, the black people, just not the Asian people, they are not so judgmental when it comes to who you are when you have, when you look different. Uh, you know, for example, is it Musu, Musa? Musa on Britain's Got Talent. Look how everyone loved him everyone encouraged him because he's got one leg and amazing dancing on britain's got talent and you can tell that the, the, all of england are behind musa because of he's got this disability and we're encouraging him to to go forward with this and not just because he's got a disability but flipping heck the, the boy is so talented do you know what i'm saying and it's, it's the same with when i go out with mark stream machine i've said this before they don't bat an eyelid. They 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 kind of encourage me um, and the kind of smiles I get and the nods I get. And it's just they're kind of like nods of I can see you got an oxygen tank on. It's all right, Gil. It's fine. Just get on with it. I'm not judging you for it when it comes to the Asians. And I'm telling you not in not one situation and I'm not putting Asians down. I'm just telling you from experience. They stare and they make it obvious and they want to know why have you got this oxygen machine on? Not verbally, but they're just really confused. What is that thing on her back and why has she got the, the cannula on her nose and stuff? But you don't get that from the Gordas. That's what I'm trying to say, honestly. So try empowering yourself. Try having the power. Try saying what you really say because sometimes it's in your head and sometimes it's in your conditioning so the way you've been conditioned that you know if you say no this will be the repercussions so i always had in my head if i say no this will be the repercussions this is what what's going to happen it's all going to go pete tong but it didn't what it did do is give me respite it allowed me to not be dead for the last five days it allowed me to feel okay it even allowed me to go to my sister's house to watch the football because i promise you if ritu that's me <laughs> yes missy 2.0 she's not made it to 3.0 yet are you ritu 2.0 3.0 she's saying she's 3.02 okay so not 3.02 just 3.0 okay ritu 3.0 and i'm missy 3.0 so yeah going back to ritu ritu in the past would never have said no by hook or by crook because she just couldn't do it so i promise you ritu before would never have said no because just she just wouldn't and uh it's because of the social conditioning that it's my duty and my job to do this it's just i go into automatic mode and it and it's also expected from me and if i had said no 
oh my God, it, everyone would be up in arms. The everyone up in arms bit didn't happen. They just kind of muddled through it and they did it. It wasn't as perfect as me. And I am a perfectionist. I really am. And I think that's what irks uh, a lot of people uh, about me because because I'm such a perfectionist, they can't get to my standards. And I've always kind of used that to my advantage. I'll be honest. And then um, I set these high standards and then I've looked down upon people because their standards aren't as high as mine. And they try to attain those standards and they just get really frustrated and pissed off. And they're like, screw you. <laughs> And I've I've stood there in my power again. Ha, huh, see, I told you, you couldn't do it as good as me. But that was the old me, not even Missy 2.0 or even 1.0. That was just plain old Missy. In fact, that was Ritu, I would say. She took it on to Missy. Uh, but three, Missy 3.0 is learning to forgive, is learning to forgive her perpetrators, is learning to leave stuff in the past. Even in the last week or so, I've, I've I have found it quite difficult with some situations but I've, I've 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 tapped on it and gone through it myself gone from a very angry person who wanted to take revenge and destroy a few people because of certain situations i thought if i do that it will make me feel better but really does it make you feel better no because when you are uh, burning in your own fire, burning in your own hell because people are fucking you off uh, because they have done this, this, this to you and they're getting on with their lives. How do you know that they're getting on with their lives? And do you really, should you really care? They're getting on with their lives, but are their lives happy? Not really because everyone's got their own story to tell and everyone's got their own difficulties in life and a lot of us make up this shit in our head that other people's lives are better than ours. They're not really. But what you do do and has have control over is is make up shit in your own head about others. And then you go round and round in circles with that. And then you keep burning in your own fire and then you blow up. And then this fire spreads everywhere and everything burns down. And that is one realisation I came to just last week. What I did do, I turned that around into, do you know what? I could burn in this fire and I could burn those people down as well because I was ready to burn them down because they had really angered me. I felt hard done by. I felt like I had been disregarded. I I wasn't important. It was my ego speaking. Who makes me important? I make myself important. Why am I trying to make myself important to these people? Who are these people to make me important? The only person to make me important is me. The only person that can love me is me. The only person that can be kind to me is me. I keep saying this to you guys. And these are the cognitive shifts uh, that I, I'm having. So from that, it turned into actually, let me move on from this. I don't want to be in this fire anymore. Fed up of it. So what I did, I sent them loving kindness. These are people that have really angered me, angered me a lot. And it was difficult to do. But I I, get, I sent them love and kindness and I forgave them, even though I don't love them, will never love them. And in my heart, I still have, you know, if I even think of their names or their faces, it, it bubbles up. I can't help that. That's just emotion that is coming up. And I welcome that emotion. I welcome the anger. I welcome the bitterness because that's the emotions that are coming up. Uh, but I'm not trying to suppress it because when you suppress it, that's when it becomes all illnesses and stuff like that. And then I have to say, I forgive you. And I'm trying to forgive them from my heart. 
And that will take some time. But I've started a forgiveness journey, not for them, just people, for other people as well. People in my life that I I, I have even uh, pissed off and angered or have been mean or horrible to, I have asked for forgiveness from those. Some of them I don't even, can't even name because maybe I've hurt or angered people that I don't even know that I have. Who knows? Because I think I'm this Miss Happy-Go-Lucky, lovely Missy D stroke Ritu. But, you know, maybe I've fucked off a lot of people. So I do every night now go and say for all those people that I have hurt and angered or upset, I please ask. I ask for forgiveness uh, from you. And I also forgive all those people that have hurt and angered me and have uh, caused uh, me distress and stress in my life. It's a very hard thing to do. But I'm I'm loving the forgiveness journey. It works. It works. And, you know, sending love and kindness to all that's around me. It's it's a journey. It's a journey, mate. Seriously, it is. But I just wanted to let you know again before I move on to the next bit of the podcast is if you have recently been thinking of how can you let go of this anger and hatred towards someone because they've done such bad things to you or said horrible things to you. I'm telling you, it's not easy, but just try and forgive them. Even if your heart doesn't want to, just in your mind say, I forgive you. It's okay. Whatever you did to me, I forgive you. I forgive you from the depths of my heart. Even if you don't want to, just say it. Say it. Stick with me. Here. <laughs> okay. I know you're thinking, Missy, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But trust, trust me, you will calm down. And slowly, as days go by, and if you do it every single day, slowly um, that that kitsch, what I call kitsch kitsch, that kitsch kitsch that keeps you static in that little little realm of hatred and spitefulness and fire and anger, slowly, slowly it starts to dissolve. Because at the end of the day, nobody really cares about your fire. Everyone only cares about their fire. So it's your your job to take care of your fire and make your happiness. No one's going to make you happy but you. And I'm sitting here giving you lectures because sometimes I do feel like I sit here and give you lectures. I mean, because who am I? I'm not I'm no qualified person here to, t- to tell you this. I'm telling you from my life experiences and from my healing journey. And my healing journey is ongoing. Honestly, it's not as if I've got, you know, even halfway there. I'm not even a quarter of the way there. But up until now, since coming out of the darkness, things have changed slowly. My perspective is changing slowly. I have wants and desires to get to a certain place and that I will get to. But even when I get to that place, I'll still have more to to have to work on because every day things will come up. Every year things will come up. Every year I'll, you know, I'll um, probably meet different people. I'll be in different situations dependent on what's happening uh, with my life, you know. I mean, who knows, next year I could be a viral, very famous podcaster, uh, you know, with lots of titles of books under my arm and, you know, a a very famous television personality, stand-up comedian. And then I'm going to be exposed to a whole new world. And that itself will bring in lots of sharks and fishes and spiders and tarantulas and some roses and some beautiful trees and some beautiful, uh, how can I put it, beautiful fishes <laughs> with lovely bright colours. But it'll be a mixed bag of life. And I think life will never, ever be perfect for anybody. 
So don't look for it. Don't look for perfection. Just do the best with what you got. And as one wise person has told me, do it in baby steps. One baby step at a time. Just do one baby step at a time. And I've, I've taken that advice. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm not making progress. And then I speak with them on a weekly basis. They're telling me, Jesus Christ, Missy, you're making such good progress. I don't see it or feel it sometimes. But when I speak to them, they're like, God damn, girl, you are doing good. <laughs> and I'm like, am I? <laughs> they're like, yeah, you are. So <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing. So yeah, going back to the <laughs> a few observations about my mum's bath, right? <laughs> the, oh my God. I know a lot of these are cliches and I know probably a lot of people on their podcasts or their, you know, whatever they call them, vodcasts and all these little things they do on Instagram reels and stuff. They talk about these, but why? Why do Asians, why do Asians, right, <laughs> go to... <laughs> go to like parties or weddings or birthdays and always rock up with an envelope. <laughs> and why do they have to put that extra one pound for luck? Oh my God, the amount of envelopes my Shane got uh, for his birthday. He was having the time of his life ripping over these envelopes. Mimi, Mimi, I got a ticket because bless him. He doesn't know what pound notes are. He was walking around with these 20 pound notes. I swear to God, he probably lost about 60 quid. Mimi, Mimi, look, I got this. I got this ticket. I got a ticket. I got a voucher. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Shane, give it to Mimi. <laughs> look, look after it for you. But no, the little mommy's boy went and gave it to mommy. <laughs> And Nanny was staring in the corner going, oh, take it off him. Because what's mommy, what mommy has to do or Nanny, because it's the Ind Indian culture, isn't it? So she had to make sure she knew which auntie gave which money and had to make a list of it. So then when it comes to giving back, then she could measure on the list of what they gave, what she gives back to their grandchildren or their kid. <laughs> it's the most funniest thing ever, honestly. And then can I ask you? When people bring flowers to you, why, 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 why do they buy cheap, shitty flowers? I'm not, I'm not dissing them, I'm not. And I know you should be grateful for what people give you. But honestly, like, <laughs> what I call hospital flowers, like they're the shittiest, dirtiest flowers that you can ever find. You get them from petrol stations or they're the, the, the cheapest shit that you can find in the cheapest of shops. And the probably costs, uh, I don't know, £3.50 or something like that. There is no point buying flowers like that. I have to be honest. Some of those bouquets, I threw them in the bin. I did because I just, I couldn't fathom them being in a vase. It was just a waste of a, waste of a posh John Lewis vase. <laughs> I am a snob. I am. I have standards. <laughs> I mean, some of them were really nice. They were like beautiful uh, roses. But let's not talk about lilies. That's another thing. Why, oh, why, oh, why do Asian women or Asian people love to give lilies? Hear me out here. I, number one, I can't stand it when people buy me flowers because the flowers, number one, I've, if you're going to buy some, like I said, don't buy cheap shit flowers for less than a fiver. There's no point. They look ugly. They're just so shitty. They go in the bin, right? If you're going to buy flowers, buy decent flowers. Decent flowers are no less than £25. 25 quid. 25 quid. That's going to rot. The water stinks after four or five days and then they go in the bin after about seven days. Not only that, that orange shit from the lily 
goes all over the carpet, all over the floor, all over the chairs. Then you try to rub it off and you've got orange shit everywhere. The worst thing, though, for lilies is I can't stand them. Don't ever, if you ever want to send me flowers, firstly, don't do it. If you still want to send me flowers, don't ever send me lilies. Oh, they are death flowers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you like them. And I've put an image in your head, but I've been to plenty of funeral in my life, right? And I think mostly, if I'm going to be honest, my father died many, many years ago, 20 plus years ago. And the image that stays firmly in my mind are the big on his coffin, huge. All of his coffin was adorned with white lilies. And the smell that comes off the lilies is quite strong, right? And I was stood obviously next to my father's coffin, uh, the, the crematorium. And that smell, oh my God, the smell of the lilies. If I have lilies in my house, it really triggers me. It seriously does. It just reminds me of death. And it just wasn't on my dad's coffin. Uh, every funeral I've been to, white lilies, man. And that smell, the white lilies and the smell, can't stand it. So flowers that I like, just in case you're interested. Sunflowers, I love them. I love a tulip. I was trying to find, um, actually, there's a particular flower, quite a few flowers, that like you know that like, talking about going back to lilies you do get like nice lilies they're, they're like a, a really posh bell shape you can get that dark purpley black ones what i can't stand is someone bought lilies last week right and they're all like multicolored pink a blue yellow red sprayed disgusting disgusting if you ask me <laughs> oh, don't you think though flowers are a waste i mean 25 30 quid 35 40 quid that's like two bottles of gin it is like you you get I I never buy, buy gin or whiskey uh, or vodka on full price. I have an app where I find them when they go on sale and the litre bottles only because they're more worth it for the money that you're paying. But buy me a bottle of gin. Actually, I might stop drinking. Actually, don't do that. Yeah. I, yeah. You heard that right. I am trying to stop drinking. Uh, <laughs> I've got a feeling this woman I'm going to see on Saturday. She's probably going to change my diet. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go and see this woman um, about something. About man, man about a dog, let's just say. I don't want to say anything at the moment, but um, I'm having a consultation with her. She's also uh, borders on a nutritionalist. And I swear to God, because she's this, this, she sent me a questionnaire and she was asking, what do you eat? Do you eat organic food? Are you vegan? <laughs> do you eat meat? Do you microwave your food? Do you sleep next to an alarm clock that's plugged in? Hmm. And stuff like that. Do you eat processed food and stuff? So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I have cut down. My mother will disagree with you because I call it the BJP party. <laughs> She's my opposition party. If I say black, she'll say white. If I say yes, she'll say no. If I say yellow, she'll say purple. If I say hungry, she'll say not hungry. If I say freezing, she'll say I'm boiling. And she doesn't do it deliberately. She just does it. And it irks me, honestly. She is my opposition party. So if I say I don't drink, she'll say a flipping drink every day. <sighs> She does. Uh, we do love each other, but it is sometimes quite difficult living in the same house as my mother and a dog, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying about the flowers, right? I know you're thinking, Missy, that's just not very nice, is it? You know, a bit rude. People are giving you flowers and you're, and you're dissing them. I'm not. But why waste the money, man? Uh, either buy me a bottle of spirit, give me the money. Or like I used to actually, I used to have a friend and I used to send her chocolate dipped strawberries or a fruit bouquet, which is much better. You get these fruit bouquets and they're not cheap. 
you can get really cheap ones with like uh i think minimum 20 quid and you don't get much fruit on it you need about 40 45 quid to send these fruit bouquets cost of living man seriously no one's got money for gifts nowadays so just don't give gifts i think the best gift that you can ever give anyone when you see them is give them a proper hug people nowadays don't give hugs in the 35 women that came to my mum's part all of them fake hugged me a fake hug what is a fake hug you kind of stand next to her or him or whoever you're hugging and you get say i've got my right hand stick your right hand out and say someone's standing in front of you just pat them on their shoulder pat pat very lightly pat pat and that's the fake hug i've got lots of people in my life that do these fake hugs and i swear to god it pisses me right off like either hug me or don't fake hug me it really really fucks me off it really really does <laughs> especially one cousin they always fake hug me then i've got another cousin oh my god like proper hugs me proper hugs me and her mum as well tj oh my god she gives the best hugs she makes the best tea as well my buaji which is my dad's sister a real sister she snogs me <laughs> she does no tongues but since being kids um she will always insist to kiss us on the lips and she's been doing it since i was born i'm 53 i went to see her a few months ago and she still insisted on giving me a big hug and a big kiss on the lips uh, and i'm trying to uh, <laughs> i'm trying to coax my little nephew shane into giving me kisses on the lips but remember i told you i'm very careful about the germs so once i'm better i'm gonna have to train him because my vision is when he's 18 and at university, I'm going to come to university, give him a big kiss on the lips just to prove a point. <laughs> no, I'm not sick in the head. He's my he's my nephew. Shut up, honestly. Oh, God. And then oh God, there's more about the bar, right? Just all these observations about Asian women. So the, I was sitting in the garden one at a time. They're all coming out to the garden, having a chinwag, looking at my oxygen machine. Go. So when you wear the oxygen all day. And I'm like, yes, auntie, I wear it all day when I'm having exertion. Exertion? Yes, when I'm walking, when I walk, I have to wear the oxygen and stuff. And there's a, and then Shane's like, Mimi, Mimi, because he was playing his football outside. He looked adorable in his little pink kurta. And all of them like, oh, this is a news baby. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he, that's why we'd have the bar today. That's why he gave us those envelopes with the name on, with the 21 pounds in it. Some of you gave 11 pounds. Some of you gave five pounds. <laughs> Why do they do that? Some of them don't bother with the birthday cards. It's just, here's the money. Let me top the money on your forehead. <laughs> oh, has she got another one? And I'm like, no, no, uh, just Shane at the moment. And, uh, oh, they're not trying for another baby. <laughs> and I'm like, thank God Anu's not there because Anu was k k burning the subji <laughs> in the kitchen with Daljit. <laughs> and I was like, something's burning. And they were like, no, 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 nothing's burning. They both knew it was burning. And they knew Missy was going to like go crazy but missy didn't missy didn't react i promised myself whatever they do just leave them to it it's their day to shine just let them do it so probably 80 percent of the aunties oh they're not trying for a baby and in my head i was like why why do indians do that are they not trying for another baby basically asking me are they not having sex because <laughs> that's blatantly what they're asking aren't they really oh my god Honestly, they just don't, they have, they have no filters. And this is the best part. Another Indian observation from the Bart. <laughs> How this became a whole Bart podcast, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, his name is Shayun. Shayun. S-H-A-Y-E-N. Shayun. 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 What is his name? His name's Shayun, Auntie Shayun. Shayun? 
What? What? Shane. Shane. Very cute, you Shane. <laughs> Sean. Sean. Shane. No Shane. <laughs> and Bla- Shane's so funny because <laughs> he won't speak Punjabi. But <laughs> what he has learned is this. If you say Shane, can you say Punjabi? Can you say Punjabi word? He'll say, yeah, Shane. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> Give- <laughs> giving myself jokes there. Honestly. Oh, dear, dear me. So that was, uh, well, it is the Journal of Missy Dean. It is kind of like journaling is all about, you know, stuff that you've done, stuff you've observed. And that was my observations uh, from this weekend's Bart, honestly. And then, and then, and then another observation. A lot of the women there, they're there to do Bart, right? But mostly they just gossip. They gossip about this person, that person, this person, negative speak there, negative speak there, gossiping about the other auntie there. One auntie's in the garden gossiping about the woman inside. The woman inside is gossiping about the woman outside. I swear to God, I have said for many years I should actually do a a short film or a screenplay or a theatre production. I have been talking about that for years, but really haven't got off my ass to do it, but I will. I will do that. And the best part is, you know, when all the longer finishes and they're like, uh, oh, Rajinder, we're going now. And uh, mum's like, oh, there's lots of food left. Take some. No, no, no. It's okay. okay. No, 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 no. I don't want to take it. Mum gives him a dubba, a box, like a takeaway a box of dal and sabji, roti, kheer, jalebi, mthiai, bladi, bloody, bladi, bladi. They take six boxes. Okay, fair. I take it for my husband. <laughs> Oh, it's the funniest thing ever, honestly. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I have to say that Asian culture is very vibrant, isn't it? It's very vibrant. And it's uh, it would be boring if, if I think if we didn't have that culture. I'm not saying other cultures are boring. But I think being uh, British born, having the, the, the British culture instilled in us, but then being able to pass participate and understand the Indian culture is amazing. I do still feel sad. I think about this conversation with you before that I do feel sad when it comes to Shane's uh, generation. So, for example, you know, his mum and dad aren't that Asian. <laughs> They're not. They don't participate in a lot of the Asian stuff. How we were exposed to different ceremonies and, and uh, festivities they he does have it but not how we used to have it if you know what i mean he doesn't speak punjabi his parents don't speak punjabi or hindi my sister is sikh and my brother-in-law is hindu um they don't speak hindi or punjabi in their house the punjabi that when he comes to my house i get him to speak punjabi not punjabi it's like what you say mimi <laughs> right little gora <laughs> uh, so i just feel sad that when it comes to maybe his wedding or maybe when he has kids, when he's at, you know, 20 or something, it could be early. Kids start early nowadays, don't they? But and then the culture will dilute so much that nobody will uh, kind of participate in having a bath. Do you know what I'm saying? And like having a, a people around the house and making longer and having a bit of a gathering and having a bit of a sing song and uh, and a bit of a gossip. I mean, gossip is part and parcel of it, I guess. So, um, yeah. And the one pound. <laughs> The one pound with the 10 pounds for the extra second. I mean, see what I mean? Social conditioning again. Who made that bit up? Somebody down the line um, has said, give them the extra one pound shagun for good luck. 
and it's been going on for centuries. You stick in the even I think in India, I'm not even joking. You can buy envelopes and they have one rupee stuck to the envelope. Sometimes it's embedded in the envelope. That's how much someone down the line made up this little rule that everyone must follow. And then it's just become a thing that if you don't do it now, half of the population think that something bad is going to happen to them. Oh, dear me. Anyway, so that <laughs> bit of a random podcast, that one, uh, podcast number 10. I shall see you on podcast number 11. Take care, be good. And remember, here's my little takeaway for you from podcast number 10. Empower yourself. Do something that you wouldn't normally do uh, and are scared of doing or saying. Try and say no. Just say no to a situation or a person that has always troubled you and you're thinking, uh, I always just don't say no. Try and empower yourself and try it. Honestly, you just never, ever know. And try and make changes. Try and forgive all those people. It doesn't matter how much they hurt you. If they hurt you, forgive them, let go. And remember, the only person that can make you happy is you. Give up the blame game. Stop blaming people for things in your life. Just forgive, forget, put it into the past and start living for now. Stop burning in the past. Live in the present moment and make your life whatever you want it to be. I promise you, you think that there's going to be bad repercussions of you taking ownership of your life. Once you start taking it and you look around and you think, oh shit, no one's actually reacted badly here yet because most of them will be watching you and go in their heads like, what the beep? I can't believe she's doing that or he's doing that. And uh, wow, they're actually taking ownership of their life and they're just kind of observing you, honestly, <laughs> and uh, just letting you get on with it. And they're probably proud of what you're doing rather than judging you in a negative way. So empower yourself, people. This week, your job is to say no, that you've always wanted to say no to and do something for you that makes you happy. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. I'll catch you next week on podcast number 11. Take care. D.